Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. And a good evening to you, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us tonight here on The Bible Live. Stacy's here in the studio with me. Just oh, yeah. got back from yeah. traveling the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if Utopia is, is yeah. Bandera, Texas is the world, then yes. <laughs> Did you say Bandera? Uh-huh. Well, Utopia. We were out at Lone Hollow, which oh, is a new Young Life. Just bought it last year. Oh, great. And, uh, oh, it's beautiful. I didn't realize. What was it, a couple, two, three hours from San Antonio? It's about a two-hour drive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The church went on a kind of a yeah, camp, camp. Uh-huh. retreat, refreshment, refreshing kind of a fellowship time. Drove a little today to get home, but here she is in the studio, ready to visit with you and with me this evening here on The Bible Live. We make our way through the Bible every year, the entire Bible. We've already covered Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and Joshua, Judges, Ruth. And now we've come to First and Second Samuel. In the New Testament, we've covered Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And uh, we'll be finishing up here with Samuel and going back and picking up at the Gospel of John. Uh, so we're we're progressing our way through the scriptures around the basis. Uh, every year we do that. I hope you'll join us. You can go to our website, thebiblelive.com. You find our reading schedule and you find the readings. Uh, I'd love to read the Bible to you uh, in your car, wherever you are, wherever you're, whatever device you're using. You can go and find our readings Monday through Friday uh, each week and you can just click on it. You get a 15 to 20 minute reading from the scriptures uh, each and every weekday and the entire Bible every year. And here on the weekend, we go through, uh, we, we discuss uh, principally, mainly uh, each weekend, every Sunday, we are going to be discussing the passages that we read this past week, which means we went from 1 Samuel chapter 14 and we went finished the book of first samuel and remember the first and second samuel were at one time one book anyway and one one book of history uh, but it was divided i think at the time of the writing uh the translation from hebrew to greek uh, i think this evidently the story i got was that, that the scroll could only hold so much and so they had to split it the, <laughs> the papyrus yeah. ran out of papyrus or or, or paper or whatever and uh, so they had to split the book in two we have first and second samuel uh originally one one book one Work, but we take them as two. So we've gone right on into Second Samuel, uh, chapter two, verse twenty-nine. So we finish chapters one and two. Uh, so uh, if you'd like to call in this evening, our phone number is two ten three four zero ninety five eighty five two ten. 
340-9585. We're going to be discussing a number of things. We're going to be trying to kind of work our way through these chapters uh, that I just mentioned to you, chapter 14 through 2 Samuel. Essentially, this is the time of the transition. Now, uh, remember we've said that Samuel is a transition figure in Scripture uh, because he is one who transitions from the time of the priests, the emphasis on the priesthood, the high priests and so on, uh, Moses, Aaron, and so on, the, the priests, to the time of the prophets. Uh, so Samuel is, is uh, not a Levite, but he's raised by Eli, the high priest, and he becomes a spiritual leader of Israel. So he, we're transitioning from the from the priesthood to the prophet ministry, ministry of the prophets, and then we're also transitioning from the time of uh, the theocracy, the time of the judges, uh, to the time of the monarchy. And uh, we've already talked about uh, last week how that God chose Saul of the tribe of the, the Benjamin, uh, became the first king of Israel. And so uh, we're going to see in our reading this week how Saul uh, disappoints. Saul does not live up to the potential. He does not live up to the calling, uh, that, that the opportunity that was given to him. And so uh, we're told in chapter 15 uh, of 1 Samuel that God changed his mind. That's, that's the phrase in our English Bible that we see uh, in the, the concept of God changing his mind. And so that I want to put that out early on. We're going to be talking about this transition now from Saul to David. And a couple of questions come to mind. One is, how do you understand the idea of God changing his mind? Uh, I would like to get some of you who maybe have thought about that, you there are 34 times, I think, in the scriptures, no, the, the phrase is used that God changes his mind. That's the way it is translated for us um, from the Hebrew and the Greek and so on. It comes to us in English in that form. Uh, but I would like to kind of get this kind of gets down to a really deep theological concept of what is the relationship between mm-hmm. the sovereignty of God, his, his sovereign God is sovereign in all all his ways and the and free will of human beings. And quite often those two are put uh, they they. They're put in contradiction to one another. They cannot be both true at the same time. God is sovereign and man being truly uh, having true free will. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit tonight. But the first question I want to put out there is, and it's kind of a telling question because it'll it'll make you think in those concepts. What does it mean uh, when we're told in chapter 15 that God changed his mind about Saul? And then we see Samuel go, the prophet goes, and he anoints the son, child number eight, probably 12 to 14-year-old young man, a boy, as we would call him today. Uh, and yet this young man ends up killing a 
a giant in battle. <laughs> so we can't call him a, necessarily a young boy. Uh, he turns out to be a great, great military leader, a leader of men. He's a musician. He's a poet. Uh, he's a woman's man. Uh, he's he's a, a, a powerful leader. He leads the nation of Israel to its uh, apex, uh, to the, the golden age of Israel under the reign of King David and then his son Solomon. Um, so anyway, what? how do you understand the concept of God changing his mind? If you'd like to give us a call about it, 210-340-9585. We'll have some other questions from the text itself, but that's one of the bigger, big issue questions that I wanted to put out there. What was the other one, Stacey? Do you recall? We had another one that had to do with... Um, 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 it'll come to me. Uh, we had another big, kind of a big picture question as well. Oh, oh, I know what it was. Uh, why, why, what was the difference between Saul and David? Saul versus David. What, what was it that made God reject Saul and David was declared to be a man after God's own heart. Now, it it, it wasn't necessary. It's not going to be that easy, I don't think, um, because neither one of them are are you know um, great men of great valor and men of great uh, integrity, and they both made terrible mistakes. Uh, both of them, and both of them received God's uh, discipline on their lives and and consequences of their own sin. Both of them made big. Dis- but what is it in your mind that made Saul uh, to be rejected and David to be declared to be a, a man after God's own heart? What was uh, Saul's mistake? What what made him miss out on his opportunity to be the king of Israel and, and please God and fulfill the purposes that God had for him as king and, and uh, that made David acceptable in that same way? So uh, tell me what you think was, uh, what was the difference? What was the primary difference between Saul and David? Those two things, what made God change his mind? And then what was the difference between Saul and David? Though both of those are pretty practical for they have consequences for our lives as people who want to follow and trust and obey and please God and serve God. It has consequences for our lives as well. And so we need to try to see if we can answer that. Uh, And frankly, uh, if we read the Bible and think about God very much, which we should do as God's people, we're all theologians. Uh, That means we're students of God. And so we need to try to answer these if we can. And and I think the scriptures do give us that answer. Some some answers are a little harder to, to, to get and figure out, though, and make sense of than others. So the and these are two pretty tough ones. So there's my questions. First two questions. What made God change? What does it mean? But God changed his mind. And then what's the difference? Primary differences between Saul and David. And we will be giving out for all of our listeners who call in during the program tonight. Uh, we'll be giving out a free Bible, a beautiful uh, New Living Translation Bible from uh 
Tyndale Publishers with all of their study notes and maps and so on. Uh, it's a great, beautiful um, version, a modern version, a modern language version of the scriptures with great, great study notes and maps and so on. We'll be giving one away, uh, a drawing at the end of our program for those who call in to be a part of the program and, and give a thought or give an answer or share an idea or thought, uh, participate in the program. We're going to have a little drawing and someone's going to win that beautiful copy of the New Living Translation Bible. Brand new. Okay. So our phone number again is 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. All right, Stace, let's, uh, you're, we're all familiar. These chapters of Samuel, chapter 14 through Second uh, Samuel chapter 2, this is this a fairly well-known, well, well, the great well-known story is David. David and Goliath. And the Bathsheba and David as well. Although, are we in? No, we're no, not, we're not there, there yet. yet. Oh, there's a teaser. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a, the tease for next yeah. week's program. Okay. But, uh, okay, so uh, what do you, you give me first? You just kind of your general, right. whatever's well, on your heart, okay. your mind, as you right. come back from uh, you know, fellowship time with the congregation and looking, having gone through the passages this right. week, kind of what comes to your mind about? Well, yeah, well, one thing I, I think that isn't that always uh, this comes to mind often these days that all will get what they want, not all always like what they get. Yes, <laughs> you know that uh, it's a quote. It's a C.S. Lewis. Kind of a paraphrase. Ultimately, um, everyone is going to get what, what they, they want, want, but not everyone's going to no. want what they get. Yeah. Uh, very, uh, very interesting and very profound and thought-provoking as well. <laughs> and it's a, a little bit like that, you know, we idealize a certain scenario. If only things were just like this. If only this. If only we had a king. If only we had Saul as a king. If only we had. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it, then then everything would be perfect. And um, and I think it's, it's neat. I mean, God does allow, so He says, "Okay, let's let's go for this. Let's do it." And uh, Saul is chosen, um, so we're past. Uh, I guess so. You know, so we're past Hannah and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Samuel, and then and all that. So okay, so into Saul. Um, I think that one thing is that's really interesting is that relationship between Saul and Jonathan. I mean, here's Saul uh, as a as a as a king and he, you can just kind of see when you read you can sort of sense and see that desperation and kind of a, the downfall of him i uh like you and i were talking about before it's hard to pinpoint exactly you know with saul why <laughs> what yeah what what is it? he had and, some things and, he had, yeah. really did have some strong points he did. didn't he in really fact, i remember with somebody uh it was a commentator is chad bird is uh who uh, is writes for fifteen seventeen and I he, I really liked his commentary on things and um and he was talking about Saul and it, when he he was saying you know Saul never outright rejects God I mean he doesn't go and fall for Baal or fall for the other gods of surrounding he is actually loyal and and pretty dedicated to the God of Israel he just does it wrong <laughs> he's kind of, you know he uh, he's 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 determined to stick you know, he to to worship the God of Israel, but he just sometimes wants to do it his own way. Seeming just the the and maybe I won't say more because that might get into answering some of your questions. So, well, that would be all right too. Okay. Uh, what do you think of this idea? You just kind of triggered a thought in me that Saul 
had the right religion. Right. But he didn't have the, the relationship. relationship. I think that's I think that's pretty spot on, actually. I think but he was he was quite religious. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I mean, yes. in, ter- in terms of his religion, you he know, like determined. he determined he was a Baptist. I mean, he no, I'm sorry. No, he was he was of the right religion, like you said. But <laughs> but and even though, you know, but he disobeyed even within the context of that religion. And that's one of the things we that's see. Right. He offers up this uh, sacrifice. Samuel is, quote, we say, quote, unquote, Samuel is late getting there before they go to battle. And he's in Saul is getting antsy because the battle is his. He's losing. He's losing soldiers. People are leaving. Uh, and so he goes ahead and he takes the role of the of priest. the priest or the mm-hmm. prophet and mm-hmm. offers the sacrifice, which is not the role of the king. The king is not. Right. And, and so he. You know, um, he disobeys and takes and and that figures among the primary reasons that he's uh, eliminated. And it's seemingly something, but it seems to make sense. Very understandable. Hey, you were the one that was late. You know, yeah, (laughs) right. And that's sort of the the theme with Saul. It always seems to be very. Yeah, understandable, and I kind of could, but it's uh, it's as if obedience, and it's as if uh, is is takes second second fiddle to his own agenda. It's those things are great as long as it's in my timeline, and as long as it fits with kind of where and what I want to do. Mm. And um, it, it not you know I does the sense and you can good, kind of sense that dis- desperation and that you know and probably at some point uh that can be a very maddening place to be and you but can- you started out talking about yeah he he's desperate that I mean, there's a certain desperation there's a certain, he wants seemingly wants to be successful and he clearly wants his son Jonathan to yes. be his heir yes. and he wants to he wants to have a a, a kingly or, or, or a monarchical uh, a monarch um a legacy and, and his and, son and his, and that's you know. the other thing that i think is just so interesting is here Saul has this really great son I mean Eli you look at Eli, you look at David you look at all these men and you know that the son relationship is a disappointment oh, you're, you're so right and here Saul has this just really wonderful Young man, as a as a son, yeah, loves Who God, loves courageous, God. Uh, a great warrior, uh-huh. everything. He honors his father yeah. in every way, uh-huh. but has a great friendship uh-huh. with he with David. Uh-huh. So so Saul doesn't approve of his. <laughs> Of the game oh. he runs around with, you <laughs> well, know, he doesn't the, like David, right? But he, it's, mm-hmm. it's th- that's the other thing. It's not that he doesn't even like David for David's sake. He's just jealous. Mm-hmm. He's he he doesn't want God to like David. <laughs> and <laughs> it, and he, he well, two things. One, maybe it's jealous for himself, or well, it is just for himself. But but at the same time, too, he has to, he wants Jonathan to be king. Right? And, yeah. But Jonathan yeah. is clearly. Recognizes yeah. that God's hand is on David, mm-hmm. and, and that David that. says, "You're." Yeah. He says to David at one, "You're going to be the next king, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to be at your side." You know, mm-hmm. I'm going. To, um, wow, his dad did, would not want to have any part of that. 
Anyway, well, well, thanks, Stace, for that. Uh, just kind of getting us started, a little bit of discussing of, the, of those details. Uh, what does it mean God changed his mind? That's the big, deep theological. And then what we, on the behavioral side, the practical side for us, what, what, do, what made Saul rejected and David a man after God's heart? What, what was that essential difference that we should each try to find in our own life and our own relationship with God as well. Give us a call, 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. If you'd like to be a part of the program, we'd love to take your call. And don't forget, give your name and phone number to our our, our call screener. John is going to take that, and we're going to have that that drawing at the end of the program to a brand new copy of the New Living Translation Bible. And so uh, give us a call, 210-340-9585. Let's go to the line right away because Franklin Franklin is on the line with it. Franklin, did you get your gift? I did. Thank you so very much. So glad. I really am appreciating those. Uh, that's wonderful messages, and 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 I thank you so much, and 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 uh, God bless you and your your wonderful Stacy who's helping you there. Thank you so much, and, my friend. Uh, Sorry it took me two you, you, two times to get the in the mail to you, but uh, forget about it. It's all in God's time. All right, I don't worry about it. If thank you hadn't got it tuned at all. That would have been fine too, uh-huh. but but uh, uh, you have touched upon something that I've actually been reading in Samuel, and I've been thinking about a lot. Saul is a very very interesting person in the Bible, without a doubt. You know, he did he didn't want to be king. As a matter of fact, they had to find him. He was hiding. They <laughs> didn't want to bring him, and so he did not feel that he was up to it. And often when people uh, feel that way, uh, they overcompensate. And I, I think he did that. He was also a very uh, a man that was subject to a depression and, and violent mood swings. Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh, so, yes. And, well, the, the, the first thing, uh, Saul, yes, he, he, he knew that God was God and everything like that, but he didn't have the firm grasp of God that David did, uh, Saul, uh, he tried to cheat God right off the bat uh, when God said, you're to go, and uh, I don't remember whether it was the Philistines, the Moabites, or somebody that he was supposed Amal- to attack. Amalekites. Mm-hmm. Amalekites, uh-huh. and, and kill everything, uh-huh. all their animals and everything like that. Well, Saul took the choicest animals and, and brought them back. Well, when God called him out on it, uh, he he said, oh, no, I, I, I took these to make a sacrifice of thanks to you, God. <laughs> uh, but God wasn't fooled. Uh, in, in an agrarian economy, you know, I grew up on a ranch. So you get these high-class animals, you want to breed them immediately to your herd so that the, the, the animals that follow from that 
uh, uh, you get a better you get a better stock. Hey, you grew uh, up well, on a farm too, huh? <laughs> on a ranch. I grew up on a ranch. Uh-huh. I did indeed. Uh-huh. And I know all about breeding animals. Mm-hmm. And and that is one thing. Even if he sacrificed them later, he still got the use of them. Uh-huh. I, I, I had a, uh, a fellow uh, it was a neighbor of mine. He used to cut down the fence between our places uh, on a periodic time so he could use our bull over on his cow. But <laughs> oh, that, boy. That's, that's another story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a kind of an offhand form of rust, rustling, but uh, there you have it. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, but uh, uh, he, uh, that was the first instance where he tried to deceive God. Uh-huh. And then, as you mentioned, uh, he, he was very impatient. He didn't have patience. He didn't have the, the strength to wait on God. And go in God's time instead of Saul's time. Ooh, that's and interesting. And so when Samuel, yeah, when Samuel was late coming, uh, Saul did what was uh, evil in God's eyes, which was to build an altar and act in the the role of the priest and sacrifice these animals, uh, hoping to. Uh, he saw an advantage mm-hmm. uh, to attack the uh, the enemy right then. And he didn't want to wait for another day, or or who knows if Samuel was going to show up or not. So he didn't trust God. Okay, now now, now David, that you've said that, now that you've said that, contrast that to David, if you will, please. Yeah, that's what I was just going to do. David yeah. trusted God absolutely. Mm-hmm. Everything that God did, that was what David was for. And even when he was hiding and running from Saul. Wouldn't possibly he could have even uh, raised army. He could have killed Saul. He had three or but four opportunities to an- kill Saul. Yes, yes. But Saul was the anointed of God, and David was not going to violate that. He was not going to go against God. So he served God faithfully, and Saul didn't. And I think that at the basis was was why a God changed his mind. Very good. There's our music. We're out of time this segment, but uh, w- we can't take your name in the drawing tonight because you, you've won last That's fine. A, a, we have one month, That's one fine. a month kind of deal, but we're so glad for your comments. That was really helpful. Thank I'm, you. I, I'm sorry. I, I call. Usually I wait till the end of the program, but I, I just couldn't let this go by that it was coming on my heart to, 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 to talk about that. And I good. hope I didn't talk your ear No, you did just great. Did just great. Thank you for calling in. You can call as well, folks. 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. This is the Bible Live. We'll continue our way through the books of First and Second Samuel and our discussion about Saul and David and about uh, God changing his mind and so on. Uh, when we come back, now don't go away. With, we, we won't be gone long at all. Praise the Hallelujah for the cross. And by the way, happy Palm Sunday, everybody. We didn't even say that at the beginning. We should have. But this is great timing. It's a great song. Yeah. We're just into it. We're just about to talk about. Well, we have been talking about David. Yep. 
And, and uh, it's all the same story, folks. It's it's, it's all of one yeah. piece. If this we, is the first king. We this can is never, the first yeah, attempt. This is, we'll the, see the The Messiah, the, the king, the, the righteous king, is going to be uh, born in this world of the lineage of this young man named David. So uh, very interesting. This it's Remember the thread that winds through all of these stories. It's all about God. It's all about his redemption into plan. It's all about Jesus, uh, the Messiah. That's that's the story. And so, uh, by the way, I do want to say happy Palm Sunday to you and um, hope you have a great Holy Week here as we approach the celebration of Resurrection Sunday coming up next week as well. So uh, get that in the hopper, get it said. Maybe we can say it a couple more times, but at least one good time. Uh, we've got a question out there for you uh, tonight. We're reading from First and Second Samuel. What made God change? What do you understand when you hear the words, God changed his mind? In chapter 15, we have it said here that God changed his mind in terms of Saul. And, uh, and of course, it, it moves then to, to David, this 12 to 14-year-old boy that uh, the eighth son of eight, um, of Jesse, uh, it's... Uh, it, that's the question. What does it mean? And what, in your mind, how do you understand that idea of God changing his mind? And then also we're asking you to comment on what was the difference, the deep, deep down difference, primary differences that made Saul rejected and David to be selected to be now this king. And the from his lineage would come uh, the the Messiah, the righteous, the ultimate righteous king of all the people of God. So give us a call if you'd like, 210-340-9585. We'd love to hear from you. We'll get down to talking about some of the specific questions and stories here in the uh, book of Samuel, but we keep getting calls, and I want to give that a priority. Let's go and visit with Billy. Billy. Billy is on the line with us this evening. How are you tonight, Billy? Good Hello, Good sir. Talk with you. Glad to hear from you. Thank you. Uh, I first wanted to say that I am not um, well read in the Bible yet. I'm just kind of beginning. Good. Sometimes okay. the beginning, let me That's tell you something, right. Billy. Yes. Sometimes the beginning is the best place because we don't get our, we're not hardened into our attitudes and our opinions already. And we just hear the scriptures and that we're. We're responding to them. I, I think it's very refreshing. So thank you for calling in. Don't don't hesitate yes. to give us your thoughts on this. What are you, what are you thinking? You. I'm thinking that um, when God changes his mind, it's because um, he's not happy with some result that he's getting. I think that when he made everybody and made all of us and everything, that he did a, a really wonderful job and he thought it was going to be all okay but and he gave us free will yes to, to do whatever we want but uh, all the time uh, we don't use that will for the best so sometimes when we do things uh, we have ulterior motives or whatever it causes us to mess up and i think 
he doesn't reject us from his kingdom or whatnot. He never does that. But he does, he changes his mind. In other words, he says, well, this is not what I was looking for. So I can't accept this. That's very interesting, Billy, because uh, you're right. You're saying both Saul and David did make mistakes, very serious mistakes. In some ways, uh, frankly, in some ways, if if, if we humanly look at Saul and David, we would say that David made bigger mistake than than Saul. I mean, really. Did. Yes. Uh, so it's that's about, my understanding. Yeah, it's not but about making I, mistakes or not. We all make mistakes, but there's right. something about there's something about their reaction, wouldn't you say? Yes, and I'd also say that David made mistakes, but David was a true uh, believer and servant of God's, and and David was then chosen by God to be the next king um, because of his faith, I think, Hmm. and his belief in God. And Saul uh, kind of believed in himself more than he believed in right and wrong. So I think David's mistakes were just his, which uh, this is hard to, to explain. The mistakes David made concern David. Yep. But I don't know that the, that he made so many mistakes uh, concerning the people, his subjects. I know he did with Uriah, but that was a personal thing. So I'm not sure. I, I don't know if um, yeah. well, David was a, a better he made a king. Mistake. Remember, he made a mistake when he called upon his general Joab to take a census of the people. We hadn't read about it yet, but he, and that caused a a. a a famine or, or a plague, I think, on the land, and thousands of people died because of his sin uh, as a result of it. But, okay, I, I, we don't, you covered some really good and given a good impression there uh, and a good thought, and I think it's it's right on spot. And we'll Thank take, you. Let's take some further com- uh, comments about it, and we'll continue to talk about what it is to be a man after God's own heart, like David, and and. This is very practical because, as you are saying, we are all kind of in that same boat. We we all make mistakes, but there's something about the way we respond, perhaps, to our mistakes that that would make a that would be a real difference. Thank you, Billy. For I calling. think so. Yes, I, I agree you, with you, sir. We got your name on the piece of paper, and you're going to be in our drawing for a brand new copy of the Bible at the end of our program. Oh, so stay with us, okay? That's wonderful. Thank you. You bet, Billy. Good to hear from you. You can give us a call as well, just like Billy did, 210-340-9585, or like Franklin did before her. And again, just thoughts about what made Saul reject David to be a man after God's own heart. These are good practical question for all of us. And then uh, 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 the other question was, what do we understand about the idea of God changing his mind? I like what Billy said there. Uh, It kind of begins to get into the area that you and I were discussing that uh, in a sense... 
there's I was asking my daughter before the program if she ever read the book or saw the movie Dune and real quick I, ha- I go have ahead. not either but just a shout out to one of my best friends Jessica Durhammer who uh, worked on the movie so the exactly the remake. It, it is a yeah. very interesting book I mean not only because it's a it's got a very uh, it's got a very interesting plot it, it's science fiction uh, and also it has a it has a messianic figure I mean I mean, it's not uh, it's not pablum it, it, it it's got some thought behind it uh but the point is is that one of the features of the movie dune is that people there's a certain planet that produces a certain spice that allows people to see uh, opens their minds to see uh, all the different options all the different alternatives and follow them out if you know i'm i come to a decision a b i, I choose b then what what's going to be the consequence of that decision what's going to be the consequence of that one what's going to affect another one another one, another and people this this spice allows people to kind of begin to see the the, the tens the hundreds even the thousands of potential uh decisions and sub-decisions and consequences of decisions that that come out of different incidents. And so uh, we see what has happened in our world is that God has put together this world, just as Billy was explaining, God has put together this world, uh, human beings, we live in a closed system here on planet Earth, uh, ruled, uh, ruled, ruled only by morally neutral natural laws. That means there's a, a bullet doesn't turn into a marshmallow just because it's headed for an innocent child or an innocent person. Um, it, it's it's morally neutral, natural laws. The law of gravity applies to everybody uh, and so on. And so good and evil coexist by God's design. That's part we live in a, a realm where good and evil coexist. Uh, and so and now God sees all of the, he, he has put it together in such a way that ultimately good is going to win, and he he is calling out of the people of Earth a people for himself, that to be his people. He is beginning the work of transformation in our lives and using us here on planet Earth uh, to help bring others to the knowledge to that relationship with God. Uh, but we we do that. We're in the learning process. We're here on planet Earth. We're still in the world. We're not in heaven yet. Uh, good and evil still within each of us and all around us. But we are. God's people now, and we have a path to go. So God opens up doors of opportunity for us that he's using us. But if we don't walk through them, if we uh, eliminate ourselves from that opportunity, then God will use another option, another opportunity, another path, another person. Uh, And so in a sense, uh, what Billy is saying is that, that God can change his mind in a detail about our lives, we may miss an opportunity or we may walk in and, and see doors open of opportunity open up to us because of our faithfulness and because of our obedience. We have more opportunities than, than we will have ever dreamed. I was telling my daughter that this evening, just a word of encouragement, that God's going to do more with your life as you follow him and trust him and obey him. He's going to do more with you and in you and through you than you would ever dream for yourself. Even if you have high aspirations and high dreams, He's going to do more for for us, with us, and through us than we ever dreamed if we are are able to walk trusting Him, 
obey. And when we disobey, uh, we're like David. We, at least David, when he didn't make excuses, he didn't try to, he tried to cover it up for about a year, but then he, he took his punishment. He said, I, I've sinned. He, he, th- that may be one of those primary differences. Uh, David was one, they both made mistakes, but David uh, confessed his sin. He agreed with God about his sin and, and so on. That's just one thing, though. That you can give some more answers. What were the main differences between Saul and David that caused one to be rejected, the other to be declared a king of Israel in his place and, of course, uh, in, put in lineage of his dynasty, his legacy, his descendants would be uh, the king of kings himself, the Messiah. 210-340-9585 is our phone number. If you'd like to sound off, give me a thought about what means that God changes his mind and maybe another thought about what made David uh, accepted by God and Saul rejected. God led Samuel now to anoint a young man from the family of Jesse to be the next king of Israel. And I already said he's the he's the youngest kid. If you read the story there in chapter 16, um, he's the youngest. He's not even around when Samuel goes to the family. He's not even around to, to be considered. So Samuel has to look at his seven brothers, and he finally says, no, it's not any of these. Do you have any other sons? And he says, well, yeah, we got one more. He's out in the, out in the fields watching the flocks. He said, Go get him. And that turns out to be our young man, David. Now, uh, all of this takes place in what city? If you know what, well, I say city. I shouldn't say city. You know, a little town. A little town, really. (laughs) Uh, A little Vega, Texas, uh, Border, Texas, maybe, or something like that. Uh, In what town did all of that take place in? All right. It's in First Samuel chapter sixteen, verse one, is where you'll find the answer. But what town was David from? Give us a call if you have an answer to that, or or would like to maybe opine on one of the other questions. The those kind of bigger philosophical, more philosophical type questions we put out earlier. Uh, so I said I, I would, Je, uh, David had seven brothers. Jesse had seven sons. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, hon. Well, I didn't want to give too much, but I think just kind of a piggyback a little bit on what you were saying with Dune and all of the different eventualities and um, possibilities. Um, well, maybe I kind of hesitate to say this, but it, well, from my perspective, uh, it's not so much the that the possibilities change. In other words, God didn't necessarily change. It's more that we changed, and therefore his mind is... uh, I don't know about... Uh, It's not not as if it's um, a different coin. It's two sides of the same coin. They're both God's will. They're both within his prerogative. They're both his choice. And 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 Saul and David both exercised their own choices in that context. Right. So Mm -hmm. free will was not overrun. Right. Correct. And so it's the same coin uh, within this time and space and both God's um, sovereignty and man's free will. Instead of going heads, you know, Saul went tails and God said, well, we're going to go with David because David has heads. I don't know that. But, but Saul uh, had a choice. And Saul had a choice. And uh, and I wonder, too, if some of it has to do a little bit with language. I wonder if our language quite has the exact word of what is happening when, you know, it says God's mind was changed. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. I've, I've often wondered. And frankly, some of these questions that you do have to get back to the original languages at times, it is helpful and refreshing and refreshing to get back to the actual Hebrew or Greek at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we can't do that uh, in particular with this in these 34 cases where God changes his mind tonight. But uh, we're going to give it a shot. Tracy's on the phone and she has a thought about this as well. So let's go visit with her. Hi, Tracy. Good evening to you. Howdy. I'm so glad to talk with you. Thanks for calling in. So um, I wanted to point out and stuff. um, It it does have to do with, you know, like Saul's um, only partial obedience and David's full obedience. But um, like y'all were saying, but did also want to point out like um, after uh, when he at the time when he sacrificed the uh, animals instead of killing them and stuff, he said he would he he justified it to uh, Samuel by saying, I was afraid of the people. And then he's also, well, um, yep. ask Samuel, Samuel to come and forgive him and then to, to forgive him in front of the people. Uh-huh. And so he was, he was concerned about the rest of the, the people that he was serving rather than serving and living for God. Compared very, to very things. good. So, Good observation and a great insight. Uh, Saul very definitely was playing to a different audience. Uh, he, he was worried and concerned about what the people thought. No doubt about it. That's a very good insight. Uh, he was he was wanting to please the people, uh, while David essentially we see uh, often made decisions against what the people would have done. Even uh, even his own military followers. The pe- men he led were upset that he didn't kill Saul. Now, he had a chance to kill this man. It was pursuing him and trying to kill him three or four times, but he didn't do it. Uh, David was marching to a different drumbeat. He was was following God's commands, not perfectly by any means, but that was his heart was set on that word. Yes, you're right. Saul seemed to have his eyes set on a different standard or marching to a different kind of a beat. That's that's very good. Thank you for calling, Tracy. We put your name in our drawing for the night. Let's see if you win that Bible. All right. Okay, well, I don't mind if the other lady gets it. I know you don't. Everyone is so gracious and kind. Yeah, thank you though. But but hang on there and listen. We'll we'll be making our drawing at the end of the program. Well, that's very interesting, Stacey. It kind of goes along with something we were saying earlier as well about uh, about patience. Uh, You remember. Franklin mentioned the idea of patience, and patience is a major theme in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Patience. patience. Yeah, Remember right. Isaiah 40, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I've always said, if you want, you know, everybody wants everybody wants patience. God, give me patience and now. give it to me now. You know, I want it right. But, but the whole point is that uh, the point of that verse, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll rise up with wings like eagles and run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. That that patience is we want, but but pay attention to the verse. We all talk about oh, gotta have patience. You know, teach me to wait, Lord. But it's not about waiting. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to wait. There's it's part of the human condition. We're all waiting on the postman. We're waiting on our check from the government. We're waiting on this this, this, that deal, this phone call, this guy to come through. We're waiting on something. Uh, Everybody that's part of the way, uh, this part of the context we live in. Mm -hmm. But it says they that wait upon the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that, for example, take uh, this this time when uh, 
uh, Samuel is running late. You know, he's not getting there on time. And Saul has got his agenda. They've got to go to battle. He's, he's losing warriors. And, and he said, well, man, I, I, Samuel's got to. And so finally he loses patience, as Franklin said, and he offers the sacrifice himself. See, the problem is Saul was waiting on Samuel instead of waiting on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the, the, the key there is make the Lord the object of your waiting, not the circumstances, not the letter from Uncle Tim or the check that he's sending or not you know this or that. Or the, whatever the consequential thing you're waiting on, surrender that to the Lord. Make the Lord the object of your waiting, mm-hmm. and that's where we renew our strength mm-hmm. it, because we're, we're God-focused on right. Him and not on the consequences. It, it's a little thing. It's a little thing, but it may, you'll find, folks, that's a very practical thing. And next time you're upset or you're worried, you're anxious about something, uh, in your mind, try to make that switch. Whatever it is, you're, you know, I'm waiting to get well. I'm waiting to get. Well, I think that that's the reality. I, I think the reason that that is the only way that we are renewed in our strength is because the reality is even waiting on the check or waiting on Samuel or waiting on when you talk about it as the object, that will never actually be enough. <laughs> The yeah. check is yeah. never actually going to be That's enough. not really the, old, the is answer, never, is it, anyway? Exactly. So you're going to just be exasperated and just keep being stressed and keep spinning wheels. and Because um, you may yes. even get it, but then it's not exactly what you wanted or exactly. how you wanted it. Right. And then, and, right, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. We must wait on, on the Lord. Make him the <laughs> object of your, object. your, your faith. Great. You're yeah. waiting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, there you go. We we uh, took an idea there and kind of built on it, something that Tracy had come in with. And uh, others are mentioned as well. Billy was kind of around that topic. Mm-hmm. Our phone number is 210-340-9585. Uh, oh, I should have asked Tracy. Maybe she could have answered our question. What was the city that David was from? All right. That's that's still out there. If you want to call and give us the answer to that question, uh, we'll you put your name in the drawing as well. What was the city that uh, Jesse was from and that David was from. Uh, I say city. I keep saying city. It's a, it's a little, little cow town. town. It's, it's Fort a, Worth. You a know? little it's, town. Yeah. <laughs> Not even <laughs> big as Fort Worth, I don't think. Okay, so let's go on. There's another couple of questions that we could put in here, in here easily. Um, David, before this famous battle with uh, this Goliath. Now, uh, as we say, David gets anointed uh, as to be the next king of Israel uh, by Samuel. Uh, let me ask this question. How many years did David have to wait to become king of Israel? Samuel anointed him to be the next king of Israel. <laughs> Talk about waiting. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, how long did he have to wait for that particular promise from God mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to be the king, how long did David have to wait for that particular promise to be fulfilled? All right. Give us a call if you know the answer to that question. How many years did David have to wait? Um, that's another question you could call and answer for us if you'd like. But while he was waiting, he went to, goes through all of these uh, different uh, adventures. Uh, we're familiar with uh, Goliath and David. And I want Stacy to talk about that a little bit in a moment. She has a little bit of a fresh view about David and Goliath. But I wanted to ask you, too, there, when David 
his dad sent him to his dad sent him to the battlefront the Philistine army against the Israel army and to take some provisions to his brothers and uh, David gets there and has the courage to face down this this nine foot giant mighty warrior of the Philistines and there are two things there are two animals that David had battled and killed as a youth that gave him confidence when he came to battle against Goliath. What were the two animals that David had done battle with that gave him confidence in the face of the threat of Goliath? Give us a call, 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585 if you'd like to answer that question. What two animals did David kill and battle and kill that gave him confidence and encouragement when he was facing Goliath. Now we'll be right back with our final segment here on the Bible Live. Don't go away. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Who comes in the name of the Lord? Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to Jerusalem. That's what they said on Palm Sunday. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. This is that day, the week before his passion, uh, the Savior came into Jerusalem. It was predicted by the prophet Zechariah. Okay. He would ride in on a donkey, donkey on the foal of a donkey. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it happened. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so wonderful. The beautiful, beautiful biblical narrative, the, the story of God's redemption. This morning uh, in our service, we had a guest pastor out at the camp. And he was, we had a lot of the kids in the room because we didn't have our ordinary And so he asked, you know, if a king was coming in or if you're coming in and you're making an interest, an entrance, a grand entrance, what would you ride? And the first kid, and he's a horse. Yeah, like a horse or something. The next kid uh, said, a dragon. (laughs) I just thought that was so cute. A dragon. He said, yeah, that's what you would think. And yet, and Jesus came and chose Anybody okay, tri- say a limo? Nobody a said limousine. a limo. One person said a Mustang. <laughs> yeah. We weren't sure if that was a horse Mustang yeah. or a car Mustang, but I just loved the dragon answer. I thought yeah, that, that was, was really. And but that, he came, uh, came on, on a foal, a, 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 a donkey foal. Yeah. Never been ridden before, uh, actually, uh, was the idea that very, very interesting. And that was Palm Sunday. That's what we commemorate. That's what we remember as we enter into Holy Week, what is called Holy Week, this uh, commemorating the last week of Jesus of Nazareth's life. Uh, It was a very eventful week. 
he he knew what he was walking into. It didn't happen to him. He in fact chose his moment. He chose the time, the timing. He knew what was he had already announced what was going to happen, uh, and uh, he. And speaking went, of, you know, and I, this kind of goes into, but I've always been fascinated by the prayer in Gethsemane. Gethsemane, mm-hmm. uh, take this, let this cut pass, don't you? And, mm-hmm. and, and that prayer of. God asking God to change his mind. Mm-hmm. I don't think it gets more, though, spot on in terms of what actually is happening. In that scenario, both are exactly God, God's will. God asking God. <laughs> God asking God. <laughs> but but uh, just to clarify, not to muddy the water too right, awfully yeah. much there, uh, Jesus was addressing the Father at that moment, not from the perspective of, of the Son God. of God, but as, right. as the Messiah, the, yes. the, the, this perfect man with sinless Human. man of faith mm-hmm. and trust in God, a man of God, mm-hmm. uh, a perfect man of God, mm-hmm. and, and unlike us who make mistakes, but in saying, oh, is there some other way? Is there, uh, and yet, nevertheless, not my will. This is mm-hmm. what we were saying. Mm-hmm. Who's, exactly. who's yes. the focus of his faith and his allegiance, his trust? He's not looking for a way out, not looking for, you know, the, the mm-hmm. check from Uncle Dom, Ultimately. Tom, or whatever. But he, but not, nevertheless, mm-hmm. not my will, mm-hmm. but your. He could have called 10,000 angels, we learned later. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you know I could call 10,000 angels if my father was in? He, no one took his life from him. He freely gave it. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of close. We're looking at a little bit of the answer that we had about the idea of God changing his mind. It goes to the core of a deep theological understanding of what is the relationship between the absolute sovereignty of God. God is sovereign and everything happens. Nothing happens outside the realm of his control and direction uh, without, without that he has set the rules of the game and the confines of the court and everything happens it, all those rules are his but we move as part of that sovereignty we make independent individual decisions out on the football field ourselves you know we uh, we make our and that those have real consequences we do have free will but it's not absolute free will his uh, his sovereignty is absolute our free will is real but it's limited to the options that god in his sovereignty has given to us uh, in this world uh that's that's a kind so there's not one of them's true and the other one's not true it's they're both true but you have to have a proper understanding of their relationship with each other and mary is that what you were saying give yes. the phone number 210-340-9585 and i want to say this i, I i'm not trying to be uh uh, uh, uh too uh, i'm not trying to be big-headed about this but the, the what i just said to you is very profound i hope that you'll take it seriously and ponder that idea that relationship mm-hmm. let's go to our phone line uh, immediately and pick up Mary, I hope I haven't kept you too long, Mary. I uh, got carried away there a little bit with my talking about <laughs> our sovereignty of God and free will of man. How, how are you this evening? Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to get to talk to you. I want to thank you for your uh, podcast. It, it, I'm learning so much. Oh, I'm, so I'm not young. In fact, I'm old, 
but I enjoy it. I'm learning a lot. You sound young. Uh, you had me fooled there, but now I'm not worried about oh. it. I, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken myself. So uh, let's let's go. What, what did you have? What did you want to address? One of the questions I ask, or perhaps one of these deeper things about God changing His mind, or Saul and David. What do well, you want to talk about? I'd like to say something about that, Sophie. I, it, you know, I haven't read it recently, but I think he changed his mind. Uh, way back in the uh, Old Testament, when uh, Abraham and Abraham and Lot were two different, you know, and two di- they selected different areas to live. Yes, Lot, like went that, to, uh, Lot went to Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham went out uh, some kind of lived on the farm area. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Good, good. That's a good memory. But 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 God was going to destroy. Uh, I think Lot's. Home of uh, the area because it was so much sin. Sodom and Gomorrah, and yes. And but and didn't he plead with him if, if it, it, to, to not destroy it all if he could find so many people good? Uh huh. Yes. Started out at fifty, I, then he went down to what fifty, then thirty, then twenty, then ten, <laughs> then five, then one. If it's just even one, <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was God was listening. That's right. He, he was listening to the request. Yep. I thought that was maybe that was a, a little bit of what we were talking about. Yeah, a little it is. Different, it's very uh, relevant. It's very. It's what Stacy said about when we pray. Uh, I think we were talking before this program. Is that what about when we pray and uh, can we be an element of changing God's mind? Can we be right. uh, part uh, our prayer as God's people? God has given us the right to pray and to ask him anything we want according to his will. Mm-hmm. And so really the the number one objective we have, Mary, as praying to God is not looking for what we want, although God gives us the privilege of asking what we want, ask whatever you will. But uh, as long as our desire is to ascertain as best we can, what is what is God's will? What would honor God? What would further his kingdom? What would, uh, if you look at the prayers of Daniel in the Bible, if you look at the prayers of some of the great uh, men of prayer in the scriptures, you'll see that they often, even even Moses in his prayers, when he interceded for the people of Israel, he's always saying, for your name's sake, for your kingdom's sake, so that the, so that the enemies of God won't be, they're always trying to put their prayer request, frame it into the sense of what God is doing doing and what would honor God. Mm -hmm. And that is a key element. It really is, Mary. And it's a key to being a great, powerful prayer warrior is to knowing God better. And in that way, Uh God gladly says yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, In other words, well, thank you. Yes. We can make a difference yeah. through our prayers, can't we? That's right. Well, thank you for going and explaining all that. I, I, uh, I'll i think about it more carefully. Thank you <laughs> for calling in. Now, Mary, we put your name can, in can our I ask, Go ahead. Sophie, can I answer one question? Sure, please. I, I wanted to say I think, David, his ho- hometown was Bethlehem. <laughs> yes, indeed, it was. It was Bethlehem. Oh. He, he was... Uh, 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 what was I saying, Bethlehem? He's a. I was going to give you an applause if I can get my. <laughs> He's uh, going to give you. <laughs> you need some applause. <laughs> oh, exactly right. House of bread is oh, what it means. Thank Bethlehem. you, You bet. Thanks for calling, Mary. Now your name's in our drawing to win that Bible. So 
Keep oh, okay. Keep in. Thank you so wins. much. You bet. Mary is so gracious to call in. And so uh, all of our listeners are just so nice. Yeah. I, I don't care. Let let someone else have it. They win it. You know, and everyone uh, uh, so need a hundred Bibles. Okay. So Bethlehem at that time, can you briefly, and I'm sorry, this is going to be a little parenthesis, but what is the landscape of, of Israel right now? Uh, so how, about how many people about, are we? Uh, and about, uh, oh, 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 and the population now? Population. I don't know the present population. I assume it's bigger than it was in those days. Bethlehem was a farm community, a ranching community. Uh, remember, we just read about it in the story of Ruth. Remember uh, little Naomi and her little daughter-in-law, Ruth, and how Ruth marries Boaz, and, and she became the great-grandmother of Great King David here uh, and came into the Davidic line of uh, lineage, ancestor, and then to into the ancestry of Jesus of Nazareth as well. So little Bethlehem uh, is the town that we're talking about, the city of David. So uh, good. Mary got that answer out for tonight. So we've got a couple more questions out there. You could answer, talk about uh, the concept of free will of man and sovereignty of God and caught up in the question of how God might change his mind and what that means to us here on planet Earth. Uh, Or you could talk about the concept of why David was a man after God's own heart, was chosen and selected and honored God, even though he made big mistakes. There was something different about him uh, in his fundamental approach to God than from Saul. And so what is the difference between Saul, who was rejected, and David, who became King, uh, and then I asked the question: How many years did David have to wait after he was uh, anointed by Samuel to be the next king of Israel? How many years did he have to wait on God for that to come about? All right, that's another question we have. And then, what two animals had David battled and killed in his? <laughs> very young life experience as a teenager. What two animals had David battled and killed? Uh, Those experiences gave him confidence that he could defeat the great warrior, uh, Philistine warrior, Goliath. So um, just put him on hold if that's what you're doing, honey. (laughs) Do you know how to hit the hold button? We've got Billy back on. Okay. We'll get to you in just a moment, Billy. All right. Billy's on the line. Let's see if we can. Billy, did we successfully get you on the phone again? I hope I did. Billy, are are you with us? I am. Oh, good. There can you, you are. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you just fine, Billy. Thank you for calling back. Uh, I'm sorry. So um, the answer to the animals that David killed. Oh, yes. Yes. He killed a lion and a bear, and that gave him the confidence to go up against Goliath, I think. You're exactly right again. A lion and a bear. Each of those experiences. And one more. Go ahead. One go more. Ahead. Yes. He beca- he became king when he was thirty, so I think he had to wait uh, sixteen years or so. You're, con- you're kind of close. He okay. became he was twelve to fourteen. He became king when he was possibly 30. a little over thirty, thirty or thirty one. Oh. oh, but that that he became king. That's when he became king of Judah. He had to wait oh. for nine more years before he became king of all the 12 tribes of Israel. 
check, oh. check that out and see if that jibes with what you're saying there. Yes, but so altogether, he had to wait almost 25 years right. For, right. God's, for God's promise to come true, uh, which is very interesting. Uh, uh, Abraham was promised a son when he yes. was 75 years old, and he had to wait 25 years for Isaac to be born. So, <laughs> 25 seems like a magic, kind of an important biblical number. It then. seems like it, doesn't it? With a, you know, like 40 or 12 or 7, yeah, 25 yeah. years. But, but that, isn't that interesting that these men, they were, had this clear promise from God, but they still had to wait for 25 years. And David had a chance. He had several chances to try to make it happen on his own timing. He could have killed Saul yes. two, three or four times and, and right. take, but it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been God's plan Will, done in God's way. Right. Yeah. Yes. He always, he always hesitated and said, no, he couldn't do that. Nope. Do not so, touch God's anointed. Yes, exactly. Thank right. you, Mary. Very good Billy, insight. Billy. Good to hear from you again. Billy. Billy. Oh, Billy, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. All you right. Too, Billy. Thank you, sir. You bet, right. my friend. Oh, I'm so glad I got a little confused there. Thank you, Stacey. You're straightening me out on that. Okay, we, we've got a few minutes left, not much time, before we have to do our drawing. So if you give, want to give us a call, 210-340-9585. We've had the answer of Bethlehem. We had the answer. If it, we've had the answer of twenty-five years, uh, we've had the answer, uh, and that had a little bit of a special thing to it. Uh, that it was about uh, maybe fifteen years f- to become king of of uh, Judah. He was declared king of Judah, but then they had to go through about seven to nine years of civil war for David to be declared king. Of of all of Israel, all of the tribes of Israel, mm-hmm. all of Israel. So uh, the, the, we've gotten that straightened out. Uh, one other question I wanted to ask, just quickly, a factual question. Um, no, I don't think I will. He gets us into big, too big a subject. But maybe Franklin will big, bring it up anyway. Franklin has called back, and I want to find out what's on his mind again. Hi, Franklin. Hi, Sophie, it's uh, it's a blessing to talk to you twice in a night. What an unusual thing! Wonderful. But I wanted to give you, I wanted to give you for your. I know you'll appreciate this, a Palm Sunday miracle that no one ever ever talks about. Let's hear it. That is when Jesus got on the back of that donkey that had never been ridden before. The donkey didn't buck him off. <laughs> that's a that's a story. Right, I, I was an old rodeo cowboy when I was a kid. I, I know you were, and I like. I know you were, and I, like I, I thought you'd appreciate that. We don't. You know. Don't you know what happens when much, you first get on a horse? Yeah. You no, know, when you get on a horse or, or a donkey or anything, yeah. first time you get, it's going to buck like crazy. Mm-hmm. But that donkey didn't. And if you talk about a miracle, there's a miracle for <laughs> it you. Sure is. There are a lot of animals. <laughs> miracles in the Bible, aren't there, Franklin? Thanks for calling in. I appreciate you. And it does. It emphasizes that uh, the authority and the peace that mm-hmm. he is not ushering in a a war. He's not. He he's usher. He is a king 
a peace. He brings. He's not riding a war horse, yeah. a big charger. He He's comes in. A donkey, even the humble even the donkey. Yeah. Uh, recognize that. that it, isn't it funny how how often animals figure into the story of the yeah. Bible as well? It, it really is to me. It's quite. Mm-hmm. If I, remember, we were just talking the other week about uh, when, when the the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. And they got so frustrated that because their idol kept falling over to the ark and so on. And so so finally they, they put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart mm-hmm. with with two cows on it who had calves. Who right. just had, and, and the two cows walked away from their calves, which a cow right. would never do naturally, right. but walked away and walked the Ark of the Covenant back to the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a little story and a little detail, but how these cows, if you're born on the ranch, you're like Franklin was or others, uh, you know that a cow wouldn't voluntarily walk away from their calves and they, you know, they kept the calves in the pen so they couldn't follow their moms, but the cows went ahead and walked away, which was, um, which is another one of those little animal miracles that Franklin has pointed out as well. Well, we've got, I don't want to get too close to our end up time, but let's give a couple more minutes. If anyone would like to get in under the wire, 210-340-9585 to get your name in our little, put your name in the hat. Literally, we've got a hat here with our callers tonight. Their name's in it. Someone's going to win this beautiful, brand new, New Living Translation Bible by Tyndale Publishers. And we'd like to uh, get your name in there like as well. If you'd like to give us a call and um, maybe take a shot at one of our uh, questions. Uh, Let me see if I can give one real quick. Uh, one time, uh, David was fleeing, fleeing from his li- for his life, and he went. He was starving. His people were starving. His men, and uh, uh, Ahimelech, a priest of at the tabernacle, gave him bread off the showbread uh, at the tabernacle, which Jesus actually references that in the New Testament. Don't you remember that he says uh, that David took bread from the tabernacle, which was designed to be eaten only by the by the priests. Uh, and, and that was perfectly all right. You know, um, it, so it's it's these stories. There is that thread that goes runs through them. But uh, that priest uh, got killed, um, by the way, by Doeg the Edomite on orders from Saul. That priest, there was a slaughter of the priests and the, and the priest's families. Uh, it was a terrible story there in First uh, uh, Samuel chapter 22. But he also gave David not only bread, but he gave him a weapon. He gave him a sword. Can you tell me whose sword was David given by the priest Ahimelech? We've only got about a minute or two, so if you know the answer, give me a call, 210-340-9585. What sword was given to David so uh, he could defend himself by Ahimelech, the priest? All right, we'll just... 30 seconds, 45 seconds, whatever. <laughs> Just a little bit of time to give someone a chance to call in. What, whose sword was David given? Uh, David had seen that sword before. I'll give you a little hint. Mm-hmm. He had seen that sword before. And we've certainly all heard of its, mm-hmm. of its owner. His owner is pretty famous. <laughs> his original owner. And it might, it will. Hmm, I guess I can't. <laughs> I was going to say my little tidbit. But. Uh, well, you want to go ahead. I think we've given folks time. If somebody wanted okay. to get on, they could have done it. Well, uh, and I won't say anything. But, but I, one of the most, of course, famous stories from this particular reading is David and Goliath, right? And uh, and it is always, okay. And it is, uh, tip, I mean, uh, 
you know, you read it and it's an, it's a sweet thing to, uh-huh. to kind of see David as a hero in that. And I think that was, he was very faithful in doing it. But I remember reading this, um, again from Chad Bird and this perspective on David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. And the perspective is we tend to read it as if we're David, but remember that more often than not, we're really the Goliath in that story. We come <laughs> into this world, egos, enemies of God, mm-hmm. and what we really need is is a good stone hit right to that forehead. We, 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 we all like to identify with the hero, right? and, and I can understand that, sure. but that's a, an interesting and refer, uh, kind of a uh, unique point of view is that, frankly, basically... We are the, the we more are important Goliath. level, we all identify with with uh, Goliath. With Goliath. Uh, let's get one more call real quick. It's not it's not a new caller, but Billy has called in. She oh, has an answer hi, to that. <laughs> whose whose sword was that, Billy? It was the sword of Goliath. Exactly <laughs> right. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's I, you're, right. getting off. you're going to get a big hit tonight. You're getting so much applause. <laughs> Our drawing right now. Yes, and Billy did call and, before yes, I met Goliath. Her name Goliath, is in the drawing, so, so we've got our one. reach in there, Stacy. Pull out oh. a name. All right. And you announce our winner tonight. Oh, this is an honor. Tonight, our winner of the new, brand new, New Living Translation Bible is going to be. It's Tracy. Tracy, a second <laughs> shot to give that Bible to Tracy. Tracy, so we're going to mail this one to you this time. So Instead you need of- to coming into the studio. We are going to get this to you because it is. It's a really great hard, um, uh, hardback copy. A lot of study Bibles and uh, study. You'll uh, enjoy aspects it. Aspects and maps. Thanks, it's folks, great. for being with us on the Bible Live. Have a great. Holy Week. We'll see you next Sunday, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. He is alive. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. 